What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of Triggered. This is Triggered episode number 337. We're here on Thursday, December 16th, and we have a very special guest with us today, the one, the only, Julio Rosas. You're not, you're not calling me special because... It's, it's, it's because I'm a great writer. You're right? special in our hearts. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I just, I, I knowing you, yeah, I know that could have some, that can carry some different connotations. Yeah, there's no synonyms for that one. Especial. Especial. Uh, how's it going down at the border, Julio? Because that's what we want to talk about today. So last night I was watching uh, Tucker's border special. And I was like, you know, we talk about the border all the time and how fucking horrendous it is. And we talk about Julio's reporting and people see his clips and stuff. But... Why not have Julio on to talk about this? It's because so, you put in a strong border policy on no Julio is onto the podcast that's for a true. while. That's true. You were in Mexico, and then you came back. We wanted you to remain in Mexico. <laughs> 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 you know? But, uh, yeah, so what's going on down there? You know, j- just how bad is it? And how, how underwritten is this story in the media at large? So I've been covering the border since 2019 for Town Hall, and I've been at the border every month this year except for November because I was covering the Calvert House trial. And so being there every month in different spots, but typically Texas and Arizona, um, you know, I've been able to see how basically nothing has changed. And, well, I always, I always start off by saying nothing has changed because that's what it feels like, but in reality things just keep getting worse mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of the numbers in terms of the apprehensions in terms of the the drugs that are that they're able to find because you know of course there's a bunch that they're not able to to get before it gets into the united states so there's just a lot of there's just a lot of things that that are happening and and the, the problem is it's an everyday thing and so that goes into kind of the second part of your question where how underwritten it is and um you know even i'm not at the border Right. All the time, and and it's because it is kind of especially now, in certain in some ways it's hard to make a lot of the things that are happening newsworthy because since it is an everyday occurrence, mm-hmm. people naturally just lose interest because of oh same old same old which is yes that's true but also it's the fact that we're in the same old same old situation with this border crisis is actually pretty pretty bad mm-hmm. because uh, I think people don't. People know, but they don't really understand how this does affect the rest of the country. Yeah. And, and again, that's just because unlike critical race theory in school districts, because that's their local school district, it's, it's very easy to not, just, to not see just the negative effects of this massive surge at, at the border. And so, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's very depressing just, thinking, <laughs> just kind of thinking about yeah. that in, in the long term. It, but it, it's still very much an important story. And outside of... Fox News, us at Town Hall, Daily Caller, and a few independent people. No one's consistently on it. Uh, CNN fi- finally went to Yuma. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. which is like, <laughs> okay, I beat you guys there. Literally, Bye. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been there since October, uh, and now it's gotten worse uh, this month, and we can talk about that later. But uh, CNN finally sent someone down there. Uh, but, I mean, it's just... Jim Acosta? <laughs> no. To cry at the fence. To yeah. cry at the fence, yeah. Fence. Well, the, one of the things that always gets me is, and you've done numerous stories on this, about the the border ranchers, right? The mm-hmm. people who own the land along the border who, you know, can't even leave their house without basically an AR-15 on their shoulder because of the threat of violence, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they have illegals just running across their land, staying on their land, trashing their land stealing water yeah yeah stealing stuff from their house like you know these are just average americans that live this day in and day out and like you said around the rest of the country people just don't really realize like what this is like to have to deal with every day Mm -hmm. you know uh and and so that was one of the things that really struck me the most uh, of some of your reporting is like these people you know their lives are just destroyed because the federal government refuses to secure the border. I always, I always joke, and I'm not the only one who, who's made the joke, but, I mean, could you imagine if we had hundreds of people crossing here, okay. Capitol Hill, yeah. or Rehoboth Beach in Delaware, mm-hmm. or, you know, it just, that, this would be solved in an absolute instant right. because it's, it would be affecting the people who uh, are, are in charge. But because it's happening in small board towns, because it, and that's the thing, too, that it, because we, we're not seeing, like, these giant surges. Well, okay, well, so... 
all sectors on the southern border have seen an increase in illegal activity. Mm -hmm. But you're not seeing these large groups cross in San Diego because there's two walls over Mm -hmm. there. Uh, that's part of the reason. Uh, we're not seeing these huge Wait, groups. wait, wait. Walls work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah shocking. Walls work? Shocking, right? Yeah. Well, but, that's why all the rich liberals have walls around their compounds. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we don't see a similar activity in El Paso because the wall there was like 98% complete before construction was halted by Biden. That, that's also another reason why. So a lot of these surges that we're seeing, it's like, yeah, what's happening in Yuma, happening in Del Rio, Texas, happening in the Rio Grande Valley. So... There's just very, uh, there's just, it's it's affecting people that the D.C. media bubble and D.C. politicians don't have to give a shit about, so they're not going to. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's 100% the case. And, you know, I I think if there weren't so many other crises that were going (laughs) on under Biden, you know, it would get a lot more attention. Like, because it did, it didn't, like, because when things really hit the fan in March, we did see everyone report on it, yeah. and that was because it was new, and that's because, yeah, that was, like, one of the first big crises to happen under Biden, mm-hmm. but now we've got inflation. We got, yep. we got Afghan. I mean, Afghanistan took over the new cycle in August, yep. yeah, which rightfully so, I think, but, I mean, now there's just so many things that have gone to shit under under this guy. Um, now, every once in a while, the, the border is on the, on the back burner, except for every once in a while when, mm-hmm. like I was saying before, this is an everyday thing. Well, yeah, and you got the COVID resurgence, which, of course, many of these illegals crossing the border are bringing COVID with them, mm-hmm. which is another understated aspect of the story. Like, they, ha- they have COVID, and then they get thrown into these detention centers, and everybody gets the COVID, mm-hmm. and then they get bust all over the country. It's like... And, th- and, that, and that was the always thing that... It's just always so cynical, because it's like, look, either we are in a global pandemic, mm-hmm. or we're not. And the Biden administration wants to have it both ways, where it's like, we're going to treat it as a global pandemic for U.S. citizens, but when when it comes to all these families and kids and people that are crossing over illegally, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And you're so, that, oh, you hear that plane? That's another plane full of illegals. <laughs> it just went by. <laughs> yeah. It just went, just flew over the office. Sorry. Well, I you know, it, yeah. they really are running quite the distribution network across the country, and it they're doing really it. Is kind in of quiet. A, it's kind of like a, a ring, you know. Human yeah, trafficking well, ring, a little bit. The cartel's best friend was has been the Biden administration. <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely. I mean, because drugs are one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, obviously, there's always been sh- shady things happening between the U.S. government and, and drugs in Southern America. Yep. But now they're making so much extra money with human trafficking, and and the Biden administration is facilitating the the, the last part of it, mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, when either like with the kids who come up by themselves. Uh, you know, sometimes the kids are trying to get to family members here in the States or their parents. Mm-hmm. And so they, so of course the federal government, since they've incentivized kids to show up by themselves because they know they're not going to be deported now, they, they ship them to whoever they say they need to go or wherever yeah. they, they say they need to go. And no, you would think, well, that's technically child endangerment, mm-hmm. having them to go take mm-hmm. this dangerous journey. But, and yet that's, the, the federal government's not prosecuting these parents for at least the ones that are here in the states for endangering their kids to come up here so it it, it, everything is just so wacky and sideways when it comes to this and their approach saying oh it's humanitarian it's more humanitarian approach it's it's just it's just a lie it's it's, it's just not true and so we've gotten some numbers recently uh on not just the number of apprehensions which we got today for november but also the number of deportations which is basically you know, for all intents and purposes, non-existent. So it, it all depends on, yes, like, yes, like, when it comes to ICE. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to Border Patrol, it's actually very interesting because with the Haitian surge in September in Del Rio, they, the November numbers actually showed a decrease in Haitians coming to mm-hmm. the border, which I think is now, for December, having just recently been in Yuma, because a lot of the people that are crossing in, in Yuma right now are Haitians. Um, but, but for November, they did see a decrease, and that was because they were deporting a lot of – well, n- not a lot, but they were de- deporting a sizable number uh, back to Haiti. Right. And the problem with that is that because a lot of the Haitians that were crossing in Del Rio, they were actually coming from Central and South America, mostly South America, where they first were living at for sometimes – For a while, For yeah. years, yeah. But because – and uh, there, there's, there's photos of this – because they ditched their – Chilean ID cards and they kept their Haitian ones. Well, guess where they're gonna go when they get deported? Yeah. They can't go to Chile yeah, because they don't have their documentation. So yeah. they actually screwed themselves over 
more by deciding to come across in this giant surge. And, and the Biden administration was kind of forced to do that because, I mean, the optics of them having 15,000 Haitians under a bridge in the middle of this, you know, it's still pretty hot in Texas in, in September. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 had, they had to do something. And so uh, that's like the only time where they actually, you know, surprisingly enforced, <laughs> did border enforcement. And it actually worked because, yeah. you know, like I was saying, the Haitians decreased in November. But I think we'll have to see what December has. Yeah, they broke out those whips. Oh, I'm just kidding. Don't even get me. Don't even. Don't even get me started on that. And actually, actually, I, we, I was at that press conference that Mayorkas yeah. had oh, when that when oh, that story God. when that story was like really gaining traction. And at this, and he was asked about that. And at the very begin, at the very first time he was asked that, he was said, "Oh no, the, no there's no whips and um, uh, nothing wrong happened." But then the next day he yeah, flipped yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, this is terrible." Yeah. I'm just like, "You're so you're Joe so." Joe Biden fun. gave him a phone call. And was like, "Listen, we have to go to war with our own people. Okay, <laughs> we can't do our don't do your job, but go to war with your own employees." And, and the and the fun <laughs> and the fun fact with that whole yeah. investigation because you know initially he said it was supposed to take days. Yeah, we're now months later and they still haven't complete. They haven't finished the investigation because they realize how badly they messed up. Yeah. By by jumping the shark and just saying yeah, yeah. this yeah this they did wrong when they did yeah. absolutely nothing wrong it's like it's ridiculous yeah it, you know it, that was one of those stories that was like come on it's like it's a horse I I don't I don't even ride fucking horses and I know that was a whip well the, the like, crazy thing is like why are they using horses is what yeah. the left said I'm like yeah you clearly don't understand yeah. Like, yeah. the, 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 these are not pay. Oh my gosh, these are not pastries, and that's the other thing too with the border wall system that yeah. that Biden halted. It's not just the wall; it's roads, right? It's lights, yeah. it's lights, infrastructure, it's yeah. lights, it's sensors, and so that's why in the Rio Grande Valley, the, probably the most shocking thing I've heard when it came to that aspect, they they had the lights installed, yeah, but they didn't plug it in yep. into a power source oh before the order came God. down, mm-hmm. and so because technically plugging in a light is building the wall they can't do that so right now those lights are useless and it's in an area where it would be very helpful because it's far it's like sugarcane a lot of sugarcane fields you know so tall Mm -hmm. tall crops that people like to hide in and and you think that they would want some lights in there but because uh biden's an idiot when it comes to just i wonder why those haitians were able to hide so well in those sugarcanes no no that no that's the real grand valley not the oh damn it sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of areas of the board. There's a lot. No, no, but right. But that, that's just that's just one aspect. And then in Yuma, I, I know I bring that up a lot just because I was there most recently. But in Yuma, there's they weren't able to install the gates. Oh my god! The gates weren't installed yet. So the, so the, the door locks. So Ellie, engage the door locks. So so that, that's those what the gas. So there's a large you know there there's it goes on for miles. But Jesus then but Christ. then when their gates are supposed to be, they're not there because they didn't install them before January twentieth. So yeah. the great so the. The beautiful gate is open. Yes, it's quite, it's literally, literally the gate is open. Like literally, it's it's, it's not even, it's not even a gate to leave open because there's yeah, just they no. Yeah, they install the doors. So it's just, yeah, just the just the door frame. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's one of the things we got the November numbers, mm-hmm. which was a how much percent increase over last November? Uh, one hundred and forty percent increase from last November. And the interesting thing about that is. Last November, we saw a bump up because of the Biden election. Yeah, yeah. so that, that was, that's something that's been interesting, too, uh, seeing Democrats, because they, they pointed, well, look at before Biden got into office, look, because we're seeing a steady increase. And that's true, but it's because we, they were seeing, because one, it's cooler, mm-hmm. so that's one. But also, two, yeah, Biden was saying, I'm not going to do deportations for 100 days during the campaign. Right. So when right. it looks like he won... Of course, oh. people are gonna like, people just start making their way over there. Yeah, I remember what? it was like two days after he was declared winner. We're like, oh shit, we got caravans ready. <laughs> yeah. but but no, so that so that's what we're saying that 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 rhetoric has, uh, very much an effect on, an issue like this because people people pay attention to what the president says, and when you have, you know, an entire region that wants to get into the country and hasn't really been able to easily these past four years. They see this new guy come in office and, and be a complete Blitz. opposite. Yeah. They're gonna more more gonna be willing to take that risk and go. Yeah. Yeah, and so that the the other number that we got this week, the so called gotaways. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right? Which is the number that they think evaded any sort of enforcement, right? Mm-hmm. And what was that number again? It was like So from uh so from 
So the, the data that I was given, mm-hmm. it goes from January 20th, shocking, Yeah. <laughs> January 20th to August of this year, mm. and it was uh, around, I think it was like 270,000, give or take. Mm-hmm. And Which is probably... Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So, so I talked to Mark Morgan, the former commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. Great guy. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Um, I, I, well, first I asked him, okay, just based on the, these, these, this data... Were, were the gotaways, and this is for nationwide, not just for this on the board, but were the gotaways ever this bad? And mm-hmm. he said no. And I said, okay, so then, and, and um, let me guess, these are vastly undercounted. <laughs> he said those numbers are bullshit. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, be- and it's not necessarily because they're just trying to hide it. It's just because in order to get, and actually I found this out through the documents that were leaked to me uh, in the human sector, in order to get a gotaway estimation, there has to be an agent assigned to that day or that shift to go from one end of a sector to the other or a station yeah to then to and that's literally his job his job is just to go all along the border and look for signs of people coming in that they didn't encounter and so in that documentation that i was given a lot like in the human sector a lot of times they don't even have an agent for that shift to do that so yeah. sometimes there's a day or maybe two out of the three shifts where they're not counting. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily them trying to like purposefully keep the number low. It's just that they don't even because they're so overwhelmed, they don't even have the manpower to even try to attempt to count. Yeah, yeah. This is like, you know, when an official count is released, but then there's estimates of you know, everybody knows. Yeah, like, and so I, I'd be very I'd be very curious to see what their kind of official estimation is for the entire mm-hmm. for the entire year. Uh, would be and so we'll we'll wait on that but and either way we know for sure that since biden was inaugurated and elected we've had millions of illegal immigrants crossing the southern border that's just, yeah, yeah. That, no that no that is a fact and and i know kind of the popular thing on like liberal twitter is to make fun of fox news for like reporting on the caravans but one caravans are real mm-hmm. <laughs> they're very much a real thing but but two we have basically the equivalent of of a large caravan crossing the border every day oh yeah it's just it's just because it's not happening in one massive group at once again it's just hard for them to see that and so again that just points to if you're not if you don't actually know how this works on the day in and day out you're just you're just going to think oh well people are being hyper are uh just doing hyper- hyperbole or just being mm-hmm. exaggeration, but it, no, like it, I, it's serious. When I mean, at a minimum, at a minimum, there's a, about a thousand two hundred gotaways every day, mm-hmm. minimum. Yep, and then, well, then, that's not a problem at all. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool. Oh, it's totally fixable. Well, the crazy thing to me is that we're also in a state of like catch and release on steroids. Yeah, where it's yeah. before it was catch and release. Okay, we're gonna catch you. And we'll release you with a court date. Now, apparently, there's a ton that are being released with no determined court date. Yeah. So for much of this year, I, I think I think a judge ordered them to stop doing that. But for much of this year, because... Uh, so it, so it's a notice to appear and a notice to report. Mm-hmm. Those are the two mm-hmm. that they were given. A notice to appear is where is when they're intaking them and at the border. And so they give them a, a date to appear to start their asylum claims. Right. That process takes about two hours for one person a notice to report which is where they told okay we'll go to this is where your local ice office is so go there so that you can get a date once you reach your final destination that takes about 30 minutes to settle mm-hmm. so when you have thousands of people coming in what's the easy what's the thing they think they're going to do they're going to do the one that takes the less time so yeah they're not even getting the the, the notice to uh appear they're getting the notice to report i'm hope. If I'm remembering, if I'm remembering, I think you have that right. yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I have that order correct. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but either way, I mean that they were they're doing that just because again they're just so overwhelmed and they need to they don't want to have these places overcrowded for too long, which I can tell you they're still overcrowded. Yeah. But they, it, it's because of how the administration has has approached the issues at the border, it has made things ten times worse, and so that's why they then have to come up with these band aid solutions that just end up making things worse in the long run. Because mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just a vicious cycle. It's a deficit that they can never get out of. And so you were in Yuma last week, yeah. which is the site of one of the largest surges going on right now. A few questions about that. So you, you saw at the, you know, essentially at the border where 
there was no border patrol to be seen to pick these people up. No. Right? Yep. Then you also saw, uh, which was also reported on Fox, uh, your video of, of these illegals just roaming through the town, walking through the town because border patrol had not, you know, encountered or apprehended them at all. Yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, where, what countries are those people coming from now? I know you mentioned Haitians. Is it all Haitians? Is it a mix? Yeah, so they're coming from your mom's house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my I knew God. that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so, so when I was there in October, it was not nearly as bad in terms of Border Patrol not being there. Whenever a group would come across, Border Patrol would be there in about 30 minutes mm-hmm. to just, just, to be, just to start processing them. Not necessarily to take them away right away, but they were there. This time around, there was zero. There was literally zero agents patrolling. All the agents that I saw were just transporting and processing. And so, but, and it would be five, six, seven, eight hours before Border Patrol would come. Yeah. So no one's watching them. So as you can imagine, you know, these people, they're tired. They, they, want, they want to be processed and all that. So they, so they, get, they get anxious. I mean, I, I, we had to keep telling people to know, like, stay right here because Border Patrol knows you're here. They're, mm-hmm. just, they're just not here yet. So, because if, if you leave here, they're not going to find you. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, and so, like, that's dangerous for you guys. Uh, and obviously it's not safe for the residents in, yeah, in, yeah. In, in Yuma either. So we were trying to tell them, like, no, you got to stay here. And sometimes they listen to us, other times they wouldn't. And, and who's, who's there to stop them? I mean, right. not, not us. We can't stop them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Things have gotten worse in Yuma, uh, for sure. Uh, supposedly, a hundred more agents are supposed to be deployed there very soon, or already have. Uh, but guess where they're taking those agents from? They're not taking them from the southern border. They're taking them from the northern border. Mm. So now our northern border is being less secured now, as a result. Yeah. And this has been going on. This has been going on all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can't. You if can't, I was Canada, I would invade right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're too worried about Canadian locking their bacon. people up. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're too busy. It's, the yeah. gulag. They yeah, want to gulag themselves. Yeah. So you obviously have talked to a lot of Border Patrol agents down there, uh, a lot of local law enforcement, where whose oh, shoulder oh. this is falling on. Really, really quick, I forgot, to, I forgot to give the real answer on where they're coming from. Uh, so Colombia, Brazil, Venezuela, um, some, sometimes like Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, Honduras? Uh, so a lot of the northern Toronto countries, so El Salvador, Honduras, and uh, Guatemala, they they mostly go to South Texas. Mm-hmm. That's where they're kind of funneled okay, yeah. by, by. That's kind of where they're funneled by the cartels and mm-hmm. all, it's all the that. grand alliance of the shithole countries are coming. <laughs> yeah. The people from shithole countries. And and, are and the here. interesting thing when it comes to the Haitians, a lot of the Haitians that you'll see find, that make it to the border, uh, they have pregnant women, and it's really? be, and it's because Mexico and it's because Mexico doesn't want to deal with that. So they they're keeping a lot of Haitians in Mexico right now. But all someone needs to do is just oh I I'm you know my wife's pregnant or I'm pregnant, and Mexico will just be like okay you can go go yeah so because because they don't want to have to deal with it, all oh, all, yeah. all that all that care and everything I mean, they so could put them on a fucking boat and send them on their merry way but but they're not gonna do that they're not interested in doing that they're not interested in doing that um, I would you know what they should the the Greeks do it best they put them on these leaky boats send them off into the Aegean and say goodbye or whatever you say goodbye in Greek do you remember when you remember when the great surge was coming from Africa to Italy yeah and the Italian uh, interior minister (laughs) made the boat turn around with military force he's like the only way these people are going to see Italy is on a postcard yes (laughs) that's what we need that's what we need with Remain in Mexico, which was legally ordered to be reinstated, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that's yeah. not happening. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yes and no. So, it's a different. It's, it is a different version from the Trump Remain in Mexico. What What's happening with this Biden Remain in Mexico version? It's kind of similar in terms of the cities where Mexico is accepting the migrants, uh-huh. uh, but. One of the reasons why Yuma's become so popular right now is because Remain in Mexico is not happening in San Luis, Colorado, which is the border town from Yuma. Mm-hmm. The closest town is Tijuana, which is about three and a half hours away. And, you know, we are, so there's Border Patrol that barely has the transportation to take from people from the border to the station nine right. miles away. They don't have the trans. They barely have the, so therefore they barely have the transportation to take them from Yuma to fucking Tijuana. So... And even then, they, I was told by a source that they can only process about 10 people a day right now in Yuma to go to remain in Mexico. Jesus. Fuck. 
Del, Del, Del Rio, Del Rio, I was told they can do about 40 people a day. That's still only That's like it? an hour's worth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, no. And so, and so it is happening, but it's very slow. And I, and I suspect it's slow rolling because the people who are charged with carrying it out, they don't want to do it. Yeah. They're being forced to. So it's not going to be very effective. I mean, we can, I mean I'll, we'll see what the December encounter apprehension numbers are um, next year. But... I don't think for right now that's going to make any difference. Well, yeah, and so you have talked to a lot of local law enforcement down there whose shoulders a lot of this is falling on, dealing with the fallout of, you know, this many illegals coming in, the, the crime that happens, the high-speed police chases that occur down there, uh, which, you know, have killed Americans. Yeah, like, very so. What, what's the situation and, and kind of the morale of, of them? Because they've got to be having a real real shit time with this the, the, I mean they're frustrated because I mean you know p- people here in the Acela you know fucking corridor yeah. corridor and everything um, I just realized I'm swearing a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> that's okay <laughs> uh, I but so you know a lot of people here they mocked Trump's approach to immigration but yep. um, the people that I've talked to the people that live down there and work down there they, they tell me that they're frustrated because they saw how good it was getting it worked under yeah. under Trump and look you know, you know, not everything, not everything is going to work, but at least it, there, there was substantial progress being made yeah. along the border, and so they saw what could, they saw what they had, and now they're ten steps away, and they keep getting further away from that, from yeah. from the current administration. So there's just a lot of frustration. They're they're doing the best that they can, but it's not sustainable, uh, just at the rate it's happening, and it's not slowing down anytime soon. And on top of that. A lot of migrants are dying, and yeah. a lot of, and it's because there's no agent out there to intercept someone that's dying because yeah, they're, they're all too, dying in the desert. They're all dying in the desert or in these remote areas, and so you know where there's no outrage over that. Mm-hmm. There's literally blood on Biden's hands when it comes to this, but the media could could care less about it. They rather again still talk about Trump and the wall and family separation and all that, but it's like, but we're talking about the here and now, and the here and now is bad for migrants, U.S. citizens. And even the Mexicans who live mm-hmm. who live on the other mm-hmm. side, and and actually believe it or not that that story I can't I can't give away the details yet because it's not my story to tell but I I can tease that that recent smuggler that killed the those two Americans in that car crash, um the story gets worse, really oh, it, it gets it gets worse. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, but uh, Bill Bill Malugin. You can't fucking leave it at that. Are you I, kidding? I, 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 it's not my story. It's not my story. Bill's great. Well, yeah, Bill, yeah. Bill is great. Yeah, yeah but Bill, Bill should have put went to print with that hours ago. So fucking tell us, William. Nah, he shit the bed. I can't Love do you, it. Bill. <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the family separation thing because uh, that's always one of my favorite topics because they act like it didn't exist before Trump, you know? Yeah, no, and, it did, yeah. Right. And we all know it was an Obama thing, you know, the kids in cages, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the, the big story that was coming out of that recently was the Biden administration's plan to pay these illegals a significant amount of taxpayer money. Uh, a it was lot reported, of fucking money. It was reported today that that's probably not going to happen. Now we'll see, because they remember, remember they were asked about it, and Biden said, "What are you crazy, man?" Yeah. And then three hours later, they were like, "Oh no, no, no! The president was wrong. Like, we aren't doing <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, his yeah, handlers. Yeah. His handlers." Yeah. And then so now they say, "Well, no, no, no! We're breaking off negotiations on this." You know, what's what's kind of the reaction to that? Have you heard? You know, have you talked to people at the border about that? Border Patrol agents or, or anybody like, you know, what do people think of that? Uh, I have not talked to people about that, just mostly because um, it honestly hasn't come in the forefront of my mind because like yeah. the, the first thing is like all these people coming yeah. over right now. Yeah. But what I will say is again because it's ha- this is happening underneath a Democrat president. Um, there's family separation going on right now, but in a different way, and it's what I was saying earlier about kids coming up by themselves, because. Secretary Mayorkas, at the very beginning of all this, he said, "Oh, well, yeah, we don't want, we don't want children to make the dangerous journey up by themselves. But if they do make it to the border, we, we're not going to deport them." And it's like, "What do you think is going to happen when you say that? Mm-hmm. People are going, parents are going to separate themselves from their own kids, so because at least their kids can get in. And yeah, so they might make it. Other times they might not for mm-hmm. a variety of different reasons. And because that's not happening 
under under a Republican president, they don't care because yeah. it, well, if they make it, well, they, at least you know they finally made it. It's like no, they who knows what happens to them. Well, I mean, we well, do, we, well, we the, have an, the human smugglers are probably having a buffet right now. Yeah, it may, CNN, oh, kids this, come it, into my truck. Yeah, CNN's pretty jealous out there. Access know, of right? kids. Whoa, <laughs> You actually brought that up for me because I was going to bring that up a little later. CNN pedophiles, yeah, but pet loaded with pedophiles. Uh, what do you do? You think how big of an uh, impact is the debate over immigration going to have on the midterms? I, I think it will definitely bode well for Republicans. Uh, just just because I mean, when you look at even before the crisis, when we look at the twenty twenty map of South Texas. A lot of these Democratic districts went for Trump. Yeah, and it's not, it's not white people <laughs> that live right. down there, right. and so I think it's only I think the crisis along those same counties and now probably elsewhere like in Yuma, I think that's only going to to solidify kind of that shift and maybe see an increase in in in, in flipping because you have to think about Democratic Hispanics they're they're it's just it's just always kind of similar to the black community mm-hmm. where they just voted Democrat for years but they're. But in reality, a lot of them are more conservative, conservative in their ideological aspects. It's, it's a weird dynamic, right? Uh, but I think when they, because they saw, again, they saw what happened under Trump. They liked it. And so now that that's gone because of Biden, they're going to continue flipping. And that's why a lot of these uh, border districts are, are probably going to flip, except for maybe, except for maybe Cuellar's district, because mm-hmm. Cuellar's, Cuellar's actually been one of the only Democrats that's continually pushed out much of the initiative this is. But no, I think it definitely will go in favor or, or will definitely be a big factor i think maybe the economy inflation will yeah. be the bigger factors but again i think that'll go towards <laughs> republicans as well yeah. but i mean because when we look at all these things all these issues that that have become really bad under the biden administration yeah i mean i don't i don't see how this isn't going to result in republicans taking back control of congress mm-hmm. but that being said if they do take it back they better they, they better do something to solve this issue uh, because, you know, they're going to campaign on it. So it's like, well, then, okay, then you better fix this because this better be an issue. Well, so that brings up my next point. You know, there, there is this overall trend, it seems, of uh, Hispanic voter sentiment shifting towards Republicans on a number of issues. Like you mentioned inflation and the border, you know. As a Latinx yourself, <laughs> you up. knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah I, I knew, I knew where you were going with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, first off, you know, do you think that that's going to be like a permanent realignment or just a we hate the Democrats currently thing? And then also, if the Republicans do take back Congress, what really can they do given the fact that There's a lot of this stuff is executive agency? Uh, so when it comes to the the, the realignment, I think. It, 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 I think it depends on if Republicans actually follow through on what yeah. they can. On, on, can harness it, right? Can, can harness it, yeah. yeah. Because if, if, if it's just like a flash in the pan, then yeah, I think they'll probably go back. Because all, all they care about is a party that's going to actually take care of, I mean, it's, it's no different than any voting bloc, right? They just want a party that addresses their concerns. And so right now they, they're pinning their hopes on Republicans. And so it's going to be up to Republicans to actually deliver on that. In terms of... Uh, but the other thing that you were asking about that I'm blanking on right now because I am dumb. What, were you, what was the second thing you were asking about? Is it realignment? What can Congress actually? Oh, what can Congress? What can Congress actually do if Republicans take it back? I was really, I was really trying to drag that out because I was like, I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm like, I can't remember. Uh, no, I, so uh, oversight. Yeah. O- oversight and also just voting to pass because I mean, just just this past week, Democrats. Prevent it, blocked a bill uh, from getting to the House floor on uh, forcing the Department of Homeland Security to fulfill its contracts to just finish building what was contracted out under the Trump administration for mm-hmm. the border wall system. Uh, so they can do things like that. Uh, they can definitely do more things, uh, I think, with oversight in terms of, and it's just kind of exposed just how badly they've, they, the DHS and HHS have, have bungled this and not do select committees on January 6th and all this other yeah. all this other stuff. So I don't I don't think this will truly be resolved until there's a Republican president. Yeah. And, uh, and unfortunately that's not so which is yeah. which is you know a ways away <laughs> yeah. right now. I mean, so this is going to be an issue for at, at this level for for quite some time unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh and all, all we can kind of hope and pray for is that nothing 
massively major negative thing happens. Yeah. Well, but, so last thing on the border that, yeah. that I wanted to ask you about was what's the level of concern down there uh, among law enforcement, CBP, ICE, you know, the whole apparatus of potential, you know, terror threats making it across the border, given uh, the fact that, you know, there are so many that are probably making it through that they just don't even know. It's, it, it, is, it is a concern. I mean, that's why when, you know, when we talk about the border, it is national security. Yep. I mean, yeah, they can come in from anywhere, but why make it easier for them to go through one way? Right, right. And that's what, they're, and that's what they've done. And even beyond, you know, the terror threat, just the overall crime. Yeah, overall crime. I mean, again, I mean, when there's a reason why Border Patrol and CBP have seized record-setting number pounds of meth and marijuana and and fentanyl, it's because they're sending more. Mm -hmm. And they can send more because of how bad it is along the border. So, I mean, because it's really funny when you see Democrats make fun of Republicans for you know, you know, oh, it's such a bad thing that they're seizing that much. It's like, well, it's 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 indicative of what they're missing. Mm-hmm. It's indicative of what's being sent. So if you're cat, if you're if you're apprehending more and you're not doing anything different, it's because they're sending more. Right. right. And so I, it, it's it's that it, I, it's that simple. And so, uh, and now especially with fentanyl, I mean, we're not talking about the old days of having to smuggle giant sacks of marijuana over rugged terrain. Now all you gotta do is. Take a you know bag of a hundred pills and put it in a backpack, and, right. you're good, and you're good, to, and you can take that super easily over over the over over the border. Yeah, the fentanyl now, is is and it's and, so and, bad. Yeah, and it's I mean, when I was driving into Yuma uh, this past week, I, I they had a billboard sign that one pill can kill it, and it was talking about yeah. the dangers of fentanyl pills. And it's so, crazy how just a little speck of that. I mean, if and, you're, if, and, uh, and you're fucked. They've had police officers who OD just from touching that. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. police dogs too. Yeah, so we're not talking about we're not talking about weed. We're not talking about you know we're talking that's something that's very dangerous. Yeah, and the cartels are all in on, and they're getting help from China. Yeah, I mean it's just it's, I know. it's just. <laughs> It's a mess. It's it's an absolute mess, and Biden has made it more of a mess. Like when he made a mess of his pants at the oh in front of the pope, <laughs> of the pope. Alleged, allegedly, 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 yeah. allegedly, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, they what do what say he shit his pants. Might <laughs> get to the point. Where that, that, that didn't really happen, dude. Oh, it happened. I don't know. It happened. It's possible. The feed, <laughs> the feed was cut, and he was in a different suit. Yeah, it's true. I think he had a little accidente. We do know he for sure was farting all over the place in front yes. of the British Royals. Yeah, because she can't so, stop talking about it. I think he was having a little bit of the old people incontinence yes. problem. Yeah, you know? too much prune juice, too much oat bran. Because remember, <laughs> right after all of those incidents, he went for a colonoscopy. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. Totally. Yeah. Had di- he diaried in front of himself. Oh, oh my father. God. <laughs> all right. Santa Maria! <laughs> Uh, last thing, since you already hit on the CNN pedophiles, that was going to be the next thing that I brought up. But uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, you had a front row seat to the Rittenhouse trial, which really was, <laughs> you know, yeah. a, a huge event this year, a huge victory for, you know, just the principle of self-defense in this country. You know, tell us what that was like. And also tell us about your new book. Ah, yes. Fifty <laughs> um, Shades of Grey? Yeah, it's Fifty Shades of Juan. Fifty Shades of Juan. <laughs> Post yeah. Fifty Shades of Horseway. <laughs> so it, it it was it was it was it was funny because Katie was asking, oh, so do you want to cover the you you want to cover the Rittenhouse trial? I'm like, I saw some of it, so it only makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, it it was it was interesting because I've never actually covered a trial day to day in person. Uh, at right. the courthouse like that, so that that was just a new experience. It was like, well, this isn't a riot, but this, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll do it. Not as exciting. Not as, when the oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Not nearly as exciting. There were so sometimes where I, I'm not gonna lie, I just zoned out because it was pointless what what they were talking about. Yeah. But no, I mean, I knew going into this that okay, this is the prosecution and Binger, I kind of freaking name is that? Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, I knew. I knew it, it was not. They were not gonna have a strong case. And then once the trial actually got going, when Binger started off by saying, well, actually, it was Rittenhouse who chased Rosenbaum. It's like, no, that's you're lying right off the bat. Right. So as soon as that happened in his opening arguments, I'm like, oh, it's all going to go downhill from here. And it did. I mean, literally, every step, every step of the way, they just, 
Yeah, you could say they kept shooting themselves in their bicep <laughs> uh, over over this because they 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 literally had no case because of the video that uh, I shot Brandon Gutenschwager, Elijah Schaefer, Drew Hernandez, uh, Rich McGinnis, Dropkick Man, Dropkick Man. <laughs> um, so it was it was it was just shocking to see like this is really all they have. Right. Yeah. But th- this is this is it. We're going through this whole thing, and this is the best that you can come up with. I mean, they're I mean, he, they're bringing up. Oh, you played Call of Duty, right? To, to oh, Rittenhouse. that was crazy. Uh, yeah. Then you had the other uh, lunchbox, uh, the other assistant district attorney, uh, yeah. t- saying, "Oh, well, Kyle was too uh, cowardly to fight Rosenbaum with his bare fist." Yeah. It's like yeah. I don't want it to be a fair fight. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I know. You know, no, if someone's coming after me for my life, I don't want it. I want it to be as unfair fight in my way as as possible. Right. Yeah, I want to have the shoulder cannon from Predator. On yeah, me. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, so it was. It was very frustrating to just see the prosecution just lie, yeah. their own witnesses lie from time to time. Uh, and and it was funny when their own witnesses would actually kill help their cut, case. Yeah. yeah, kill kill their case. Yeah. So that so that, so that so that was cool. That was that was funny to see. But then it got even. But then it got really aggravating after the verdict, when people were still, even though the whole trial was as 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 pointless as the trial was, mm-hmm. it was good because it laid out everything, mm-hmm. and in broad daylight. So there. So any person who's going in there with an open mind should not should be able to see the obvious conclusion. That, okay. You know, he was there in self-defense. The evidence, it, the video, the, I mean, you don't have to agree that he should have been there. You know, I don't really right. care about that. But the, evid- the evidence shows that he shot in self-defense. Which is, I mean, that's, that's clear as day. But even despite all that, people were still angry. People were like, oh, I'm not shocked because this is how the justice system is. With, yeah. with what the white people. It's like, because you're, you're an idiot. You're, you didn't pay attention. Also, I loved how they thought that he shot and killed two black guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even yeah, know that right. was a thing. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even. I had. I had it zero. Was out of control. That was. That was one of the easiest things to find out. Yeah. Yep. Right. Now, right after the they, shooting. Now they didn't say that on, on terms of here watching they, news coverage. They didn't say it, but when they talked about the all white jury, I'm like, they think that they, two they, black guys were shot. Yeah. They, well, because because <laughs> that's they, what's coming next. Well, people people were left with that impression because yeah. they would say, oh, well, because he shot two people at a Black Lives Matter protest and just uh, leave it at that. And so it's like, well, first off, it was a riot. It was actually that. Yeah, yeah. So first off, it was a riot. It wasn't number a BLM one. protest. First off, yeah, yeah. So that's number one. But and then also number two, this is the casual observer just yeah. feel like a BLM protest. Oh, so black people. I mean, they, yeah. they just make that connection, and that's yep. just, and I think that's kind of willful uh, on their part. And especially when they were mourning the pedophile and the other guy, I'm like. Huber, yeah, yeah, the guy. Also, who... I had no idea that Jacob Blake died. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah, that was the other thing. How yeah. will Jacob Blake's family survive? Like, he's still fucking alive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's wheelchair bound. Wheelchair bound. But I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's alive. He's alive. He's yeah. rolling dirty. Yeah, he's rolling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I mean, that was. So it, no, it was a good experience. I'm glad I was able. I was glad I was able to do it for town hall. It was, yeah. uh, but it, it, a little it, disappointed that there were they, no riots. Well, they were trying. The, what the media was doing was trying to get the riot gun. Was they were deliberately lying and yeah. setting the narrative yeah. in order to get a riot. Yeah. When they didn't get their verdict. No. Yeah. Which, I, I frankly was shocked that they didn't riot. I was too cold. It yeah, was I, was, I remember texting this guy. I'm like, "Where are where are the riots? Where are the riots? Where are the buildings on fire?" And you're like, "It's too cold." Yeah, yeah. yeah everyone went home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you know that was one of those things. It was yeah. like they were clearly trying. Oh, yeah. To lie and set a narrative, you know, not just for the overall narrative, but for the specific purpose of trying to create violence, which I thought was really sick. Yeah. Like when we reach when we reach that point in this country. That you can't trust, just the basic facts of the case to be reported. Yeah, that that's fucked. Two plus so. two equals four. No, it didn't. No, it isn't. So yeah, the, the action right after now. the verdict was nothing compared to what you saw over. No, I mean there was there was just no action. The it, summer it, of love, you know. See, people were actually cheering outside the court. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously there 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 were a few. Um, there were a few people who were disappointed at the courthouse, but most everybody was. The people were passing by, honking their horns, and, yeah. and so no. I, and I was I was doing the fifty fifty camp of something happening, but then once as soon as the sun set and, and it was windy, it was like, okay, yeah, nothing's yeah, gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, 
Well, so tell us, you know, what the title of your book is, what it's about, and when it's going to come out, and how these triggered listeners can get it. So the the book is called Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Shout out to <laughs> CNN for that. Uh, the 2020 riots and the gaslighting of America. It's about all the riots that, that I covered. Uh, I, I went back uh, to some of these places to interview survivors and uh, business owners who were affected by it, and just kind of looking at the aftermath of what happened, you know, months after, you know, when all the news uh, outlets are, are, are have moved on and, and all that. And I, the reason why I, is I wrote it is because, uh, actually, uh, a Capitol Hill source of mine, I was having coffee with him last summer, uh, it was actually right before Kenosha, and he he was telling me he's like, dude, you you were you were at all these places, you're at all these places. You should write a book. And I was like, well, I was thinking about it, but I don't know. He's like, no, dude, just do it. Like, so so, it was because of that I I really started to think, okay, well let let's just start writing it. But I really became committed to it once you know months after these riots, and seeing how the media was downplaying them mm-hmm. long after they happened, and it's becoming canonized, which is egregious because that's not what happened i mean my one of my favorite examples is after the Janu- after the capital riot on january 6th which i also talk about in the book mm-hmm. um the new york times put out a story and the story was talking about oh like oh look at all these republicans trying to downplay january 6th by pointing to the black lives matter protests mm-hmm. and the quote that i included with that because they said republicans are highlighting Isolated instances of property damage. And we're talking $2 billion worth of property damage at a minimum. We're talking 20 people killed across the country and related to all this. That's not isolated. Yeah. But but that's all they they say about it. And then they move on and they're talking about how bad Republicans are. What I found interesting was in the Tucker uh, documentary about January 6th was there was... Either a like a former uh, law enforcement agent or a veteran or something that was like, the media did a great job and the government did a great job of not prosecuting people during the summer of love. Yeah. And you know downplaying this peaceful protest, peaceful protest, even though they were violent, deadly, murderous riots, and they lulled the conservatives into thinking, oh, you know, maybe we can riot too, without consequence. Nope. The good, the people in the gulag say otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I I I talk about that in the book where the the differences because like the 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 closest comparison is the the federal courthouse right siege in yep. Portland, and there have been so many cases that have been dropped that are not trespassing charges. We're talking assault on federal officers that have been dropped mm-hmm. by the Oregon District Attorney's Office. Yeah, you know, of course, you contrast that to like the first guy that was convicted with the Capitol riot. I'm not saying that what he did was okay, but. It was, it was a trespassing charge. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's getting, I think, 18 months in prison for that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, the justice system is supposed to be impartial. It's supposed to be equal. So if you attack a federal officer, you definitely shouldn't during a riot. Oh, the Portland yeah. Courthouse. Yeah, the Portland Courthouse. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, you shouldn't just be dropped just because of the yeah. laws. But then, like, yeah, so if a guy who's going to be convicted on trespass... And, oh, and the funny part about during his case, the Justice Department was making the argument, well, we want to pro- give him the maximum jail time because we want to deter... Uh, further acts like this. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, then what about what about the Portland courthouse? Yeah. Yep. Are you kidding me? Free the shaman. I'm not, well, I'm not saying that, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying that, that there's a reason why people are angry with how the, the, the two, in just those two examples. Two uh, separate rules? Two yep. separate rules. And yeah. it's because, I, it's because they were Trump supporters. It's mm-hmm. always two separate rules. And it was, and then, and that's the other thing too. It's like, well, of course, of course the federal government is going to crack down hard on you if you attack Congress. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when you poke the bear in the eye like that, the bear is going to, the bear is going to come back and eat you. I mean, so it's, of course they're going to come back twice as hard, but it, again, it's just, it also just depends on, well, who's doing it. And clearly they have a, they have a different justice system for Trump supporters and yep. BLM and Antifa riders. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of sketchy shit going on with that and this whole January 6th committee, which we're going to talk more about next week. Uh, of course... The book is available for pre-order. Yes, available for pre-order on Amazon right now. If you don't want to give your money to Amazon just yet, that's okay. There will be other avenues once we get closer to the release date, May third, uh, to pre-order. We'll, we'll to pre-order, take care of it. Pre-order, we'll pre-order <laughs> elsewhere. Right here. In my I'll pocket. take the money. Yeah, they won't pocket. get the book. We'll hold it in. <laughs> we'll hold it in escrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
And <laughs> yeah, no, so it comes out May 3rd. Uh, it'll be available everywhere. Hopefully, Target and Amazon don't take it off the shelves because it goes against BLM, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be, be a real test. You might think it's a CNN book and make get a top shelf placement. <laughs> <laughs> just front page. It should. It deserves to front page. Yeah, no, I, it it took it took over a year to, to write this, and mm-hmm. I'm actually I never when I when I when I started becoming a journalist in 2017, I, I never thought I'd actually write a book about anything, but you know, well, you, I, I I was at, I was I was I was at the front seat for a lot of these yeah events. I mean, it, it's crazy just thinking about all that, and then it's, it's, so it's like yeah, no, like. A lot of people are lying about what happened, so here's a physical medium on what actually happened, so they can't delete it off the internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's what I was going to say is, you know, you, unlike these people who sit here in D.C. or in New York in these TV studios and think they're, you know, journalists, so-called journalists, you actually go there, you report what's happening on the ground, you report the facts, you you showed things that happened during the, the peaceful summer of love that, you know... <laughs> The media didn't want anybody to see, you know, and you took a tax for it yeah. from the intercept. Fuck them, and fuck the intercept. Yeah, exactly. Fuck and, them wrong. And but you're a real journalist, right? You're down there at the border telling the story that the mainstream media would not and still don't report, you know, and and so that's that's vital, important work that's being done here. Uh, and, and I'm glad Town Hall allows me to do that. Exactly. So shameless plug. If you'd like to fund Julio's work here at Town Hall, you can do so by becoming a Town Hall VIP member. And mm-hmm. Julio, you can tell, you know, you can... Yeah, you no, can no, no, none of these trips would be possible if it wasn't for the VIP subscribers. Yeah, the members fund this real journalism. So if you want to help us out, townhall.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code TRIGGERED to get 25% off. You'll be directly funding Julio's important work at the border, all over the country, telling the truth. Uh, of course, you'll be uh, supporting great other patriots like the Colonel, Kurt Schlichter, yes. <laughs> Katie, Matt's VIP, all this stuff. You'll be supporting us here at Town Hall. So we appreciate everyone who's a VIP member. Thank you, Julio, for spending a lot of time with us today and, and telling us all these stories. And if you'd like to reach out to us, email us triggered at townhall.com. We'll get Julio back on here soon. I'm sure he's going back down to the border soon. Yeah. yeah. We didn't even talk about California falling apart, but yeah. that's another, that's I another mean, topic. Uh, yeah. More of the economy falling apart. Well, that's Which true. is why it's oh very important God. for everyone to buy gold and silver from Rosin Capital. <laughs> it's like literally the worst financial advice you can give right now. And it's it's not even it's not even financial advice. So nobody listen to Matt. Nobody listen to that's Matt. That's right. Buy crypto. Oh, my God. Not financial advice. <laughs> JG just coming here shaking his head. <laughs> we will be back here on Tuesday for the last episode of 2021, and it's going to be how a long, mega, super, tremendous episode. How long is this podcast been going? Too, too long is the real answer. Too long is the real answer, yeah. 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 Uh, well, so 337. I think it was like 2018, 2019 when I started it. Yeah, I think we launched it in 2018, so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Long time. So, all right, folks, we will see you next week. Later. Later.